Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So my grandfather, Jim, died when I was 17, around five years ago, and his last months were rough on the whole family. He had advanced brain cancer, but he spent most of his time at home under hospice care. One afternoon, it was about two weeks before he died, I was alone with my grandpa waiting for the hospice nurse to come check on him. A man who I'd never seen before, Dave, knocked on the door and he was wearing hospital scrubs, but he hadn't brought any equipment with him, which was odd. I asked him if he worked for the hospital and he nodded. He said that this was the first shift with Jim that he'd had, but that he'd reviewed my grandfather's file and that he wanted to speak to whichever family member had the legal authority to pull the plug. Jim wasn't even on life support, so I guess Dave was using plug as an expression of my grandfather. I should say that I live in a right-to-die state where euthanasia is legal, so it's not like that option had never occurred to us, but... As far as I know, no member of my family had ever expressed an openness to euthanize Jim. I told him that I had no authority to make that decision, and that my grandfather, who was now delirious and unable to consent to much of anything, had specifically said to prolong his life indefinitely unless he was crying out in extreme pain, which he wasn't. Dave put his hand on my shoulder as though he were consoling me, and he talked about how old people become burdens that their families need to let go of them. Then Dave pulled a bottle of pills out of his pocket and said they were barbiturates that would trigger a peaceful death. He said the coroner would determine that Jim died naturally from his cancer. At that, I started to panic and I firmly told him that under no circumstances would he be euthanizing Jim at this time, but he started to untwist the bottle as he walked toward Jim's bed. I tried to wrestle the pills from his hand he seemed startled. He played innocent and said that he just wanted to show the pills to Jim. Dave knew perfectly well that my grandfather had almost no idea what was going on though. So I called 911 and rapidly explained the situation to the dispatcher. Dave suddenly became very scared and then bolted out of the house. The cops arrived within five minutes and 
Jim's actual hospice nurse arrived a few minutes after that too. Based on my physical description, the police hospital staff were able to identify Dave as a recently fired hospital orderly. Dave was charged with making a criminal threat based on my testimony, but unfortunately, he was acquitted. This happened well over 20 years ago, but I remember most of the details as the imagery was seared into my brain. Call it a, a core memory, if you will. I was around six to seven years old and living in a very quiet suburban area. My parents often entertained guests and drank beers in the kitchen all night, and their friends would often be the parents to the two of my best friends growing up. We were allowed way too much freedom as kids and were often left alone for hours. Normally, we'd be just in the backyard playing since it was lit at night and enclosed by a tall fence, but it had rained hard that day, possibly still raining at this time too, and we weren't allowed out. So we tried to play hide and seek in my bedroom. We were not very inventive. In any case, to make the game harder, the seeker couldn't turn on the bedroom light and had to rely on the hall light and the very dim street light that comes in through one of the windows. As a hider, I immediately threw myself into the half dozen pillows on my bed and hoped that they would conceal me better than my other hiding friend. No idea where he ended up. Soon enough too, I heard the door open and could just barely see the hallway light coming in from between pillows. Way too many seconds pass without a sound, no rustling or signs of seeking, and so I peek out from my hiding spot to find myself completely alone in the room. That was strange. I didn't have long to rack my tiny child mind for long though, because almost immediately my window caught my attention. There was a shadow slowly crossing in between the streetlight and my blinds in the shape of a head and a very distinctive, long triangular shape being held up as if to strike. I get absolutely freaked out by this, scramble off my bed, and run into the kitchen where I see my two friends looking equally scared and confused. But I also notice that the adults were laughing their heads off, so I began to relax at that. It was clearly just a prank, and ah, they got me good. Wait, who had the knife? I ask as I realized that someone could have gotten hurt since they were pretty darn buzzed at this point. The laughing stopped immediately and every single person stared in my direction. I don't remember the conversation particularly well because my panic came back tenfold at this point, but apparently my other hiding friend saw the shadow in the window before he was able to hide and sprinted out of the room, leaving me, thanks bud, and he told the adults that he saw something in the window, but they didn't take him seriously. Just a kid's imagination. But as soon as I seemed to have corroborated the story, adding a knife into the mix, I was asked more questions while the husbands ran outside to see if anyone was in the yard. But nothing was found outside. The area in front of my window was mostly asphalt driveway, so there was no evidence of someone directly or recently standing there. But the small garden directly under my window did have some footprints in it, but the tipsy adults couldn't definitively say that they weren't my parents' footprints and there were no muddy steps outside of the garden either. The incident was again chalked up to a couple of silly kids hyped up on sugar or something like that. My best friend and I 
We both remember what we saw that day, and like I said, it's seared into my mind. So this was the creepiest and most unusual thing that has ever happened to me, and I still think about it from time to time, and I wanted to share it. So I travel pretty often for business. Usually it's San Jose and I'll stay there for a couple of weeks. I'm usually working long hours so by the time that I get to the hotel I have a routine down pretty good. I get to the room late. I usually just strip down next to the bed and climb in. Maybe watch some Netflix on my tablet and then pretty much just fall asleep. The next morning I'll wake up, pick up my clothes and stuff them into my dirty clothes bag, hit the bathroom then take a shower. I'll brush my teeth, comb my hair, get dressed, and leave for the day. When I pick up my clothes, I always make sure that I grab everything too. And one morning, after I had been staying at the hotel for about 10 days, I went to grab my clothes and I noticed that I only had one sock. I looked under the bed and it wasn't there. I thought that maybe I might have had it on when I got into bed, so I stripped the sheets looking for it. Not there either. I looked under every piece of furniture and just couldn't find it. I even emptied out my dirty clothes bag and counted the socks that were in there, but I still had an odd number of dirty socks. I checked the pant legs to see if it was in there, but nothing. I must have spent a good 30 minutes looking around the room for this damn sock. I even checked the garbage can. Finally, in the end, I just sort of gave up and started getting ready for work. I went into the bathroom and opened the shower to start the water running. And sitting right there in the middle of the tub was my missing sock. The shower was enclosed in glass with just a narrow gap near the ceiling about three inches high. I hadn't been into the bathroom since the morning before when I showered and got dressed. And to this day, I still have no idea how my sock ended up in there. I mean, it makes zero sense. I don't know if I might have been sleepwalking, which I never do, or if a rat or something grabbed it and carried it in there, or if someone came into my room while I was sleeping and moved the sock for some reason, or if it was a ghost. I'll never know, I guess, but man, it still freaks me out to this day. When I found that sock, I almost had a heart attack. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We moved into our first home in February of 2016. It was an old home built in the early 1900s in the historic part of town. But I loved it. All of the hand-carved woodwork and glass doorknobs and skeleton locks... It was exactly what I wanted, and perfect for myself, 22-year-old female at the time, and my husband, 27 male at the time. I was three months pregnant with our first, and we were so excited to start our family. As we got settled in, we noticed the house was very noisy though. I rarely have my home quiet due to having tinnitus and always needing some kind of background noise to drown it out. On the rare occasion the house was quiet... There was always lots of creaking and moving, mostly coming from the, the loft-style attic that we had. But we shook it off as the house just settling and being old. At least, that was what my dad told us. So we moved on. Spring came and we were scrambling to get ready for the baby. The house needed a lot of work, but we were determined to get it done. The first major encounter, though, was on a beautiful spring day. It was the weekend and my husband and I were spending our day off working on the house. I was cleaning the kitchen and he was working on my car in our detached garage. The way the home was sort of built is that you could see the detached garage from the window that's above the kitchen sink. I would glance out every now and then to see what he was up to. A little time passed and I hadn't looked out at him for a bit. I started doing the dishes when I heard him walking into the living room towards the kitchen. I could feel his presence and without turning my back I said, Hey babe, but there was no answer. Wondering why he didn't answer, I looked back over my shoulder, only to be met with a dark silhouette of a man standing between the living room and the kitchen. In the blink of an eye, the figure was gone. Unsure of what I had just seen, I yelled through the window for my husband who was still in the garage. He came in frantically and I told him someone was in the house. Immediately, he went and grabbed his weapon and checked all over the house, but there was nothing there. In all of the years we lived in that house too, not once did my husband see our roommate. I saw him all the time, out of the corner of my eye, peeking around the corners, but more than anything I saw him looking into the living room from the staircase that led to the attic. In the beginning, he frightened me, but after a while, I don't know, I sort of got used to him being there. I even spoke to him sometimes, telling him that I'm okay if he stays in the attic and asked him to leave my baby alone. He must have agreed since in the five years my son lived there, he never saw him. When we went to sell our home, the realtor brought up some historical information though that she found regarding the house and our neighborhood too. And we found out that our house and our neighbor's house was built by a brother and sister. Our home was the brothers. Their last name was the same as our current neighbor, so I figured that he was most likely a descendant. And I asked him one day and he told me that the sister was his mum and his uncle owned our home. He said that he was a kind man who lived alone and died in the home many years ago. I asked him about the attic and he said that that was his uncle's favourite place in the home. 
He kept all of his trinkets and projects up there and he would spend hours working on things. I didn't tell him that I believed my house was haunted as he didn't seem like the type who would believe me but our home was listed and sold within the same day and sometimes I wonder about the man in the attic, if the new owners are nice to him or have even noticed his presence. I hope that they'll give him his space as there are only passerbys in his home like we once were I guess but in any case I know it's a, a somewhat good ending but it was a definitely a creepy experience and I've never seen or heard anything like it since. It was only in this house that I saw the shadow man. This takes place about 7 years ago when I was 17. For context, I'm a pretty small and weak girl who only lives with my brother. My parents live in a different state. Also, please note too that I won't be using anyone's real name. So, it was winter time, the last period before lunch break and I was looking forward to going out with my friends since my high school allows us to leave the campus for lunch. Me and my two girlfriends, we got together and walked to the nearby shopping plaza and looked around. I wasn't really hungry, so I just sort of was looking around to see if I recognized anyone from school around here. And that's when I saw a man in a black hoodie leaning on some old beaten up pickup. I wasn't too surprised to see him since this is public property, but I was a little confused that he was staring right at us. But that was when it clicked into my head that he sees us. Three teenage girls looking lost. He's probably going to make a move on us or maybe he's going to try and like kidnap us or something. Then to my shock he actually began to approach us. At this point I was starting to have thoughts of being abducted and ending up becoming a missing person who probably is going to be found dead years later or something. I happen to think of the worst things when I get anxious. I know it's unrealistic but I quickly turned to my friends and tried to throw out ideas of where to go but I didn't want to show them that I was freaking out when suddenly I heard my name. Sarah? Hey Sarah, it's Dan. Your brother Josh asked me to find you. The voice sounds rather nice but when I turned around it was the same man. I felt like I was shot in the stomach because I stared at him for a few seconds before quickly breaking eye contact and looking around. Oh, uh, who, who are you? I asked nervously. Well, I'm Dan, a longtime buddy of Josh. We actually went to that same high school together. So far, no lies were told. My brother did in fact go to this high school, and this guy did look about the same age as him. Hey, listen, your brother asked me to take you home. He mentioned something about meds. Somehow or another, he seemed to know the truth. You see, I sometimes have to take certain medication for my stomach issues, so, so far, this Dan person was rather... Well, honest, I thought. Or somehow knew stuff about me. Yeah, he said that he's piled in paperwork at the office and wants me to take you back to the office so you can stay with him till he's able to take you home. At this point, logically, I felt like this was a, a pretty trustworthy guy, but my gut was turning so much that I actually felt like I could be sick. I haven't noticed before, but my two friends decided to leave me. Jerks, right? I knew that I didn't really have much of a choice, I guess. I mean, I could tell him no, but what if he's telling the truth and my brother gets mad at me for not going with him? I know, I was young and stupid. And sure, I had a phone, but my brother turns his phone off at work. 
Or maybe if I tried to run and he grabs me, this might make a, a whole scene, which I honestly hate doing. So the only option that I really had, well, I thought so at that age, was just to go with him. So I, I took a light breath and accepted to just go with him. I got into the passenger seat and noticed that the car was kept rather clean, but the windows seemed almost like they were tinted from the inside. Dan turned his car on, which gave off a, a really nasty old car struggling sort of sound before turning on and drove off. While on this ride, I kept my eyes down, not trying to look around or accidentally look at Dan again, but I did notice him eating some potato chips from a bag sitting on the center console. He would grab one at a time and go back for more frequently, but that's when he just grabbed my thigh out of nowhere and held it for a second. To make this worse, I was wearing some fairly short shorts because I can usually take the cold weather, so my upper thigh was visible while sitting. I stared at his hand for a second, feeling my head beating faster before he let go. Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. I often keep my chips on the passenger seat, he explained. But I didn't say anything. I just went back to staring at my phone, not even fake texting. I was too scared to look at him. After maybe 10 minutes of driving, I finally looked up, seeing an unfamiliar road before he pulled up onto a trailer park. I hope you don't mind. Uh, I just got to grab something before going to your bros. Come on inside. It gets really cold out here. Um, no, thank you. I'll, I'll be fine here. I actually need your help too, so come on in. He didn't look it, but his voice was almost demanding. I really didn't want to get on his bad side, so I agreed and quickly got out of the truck and followed. He led me to his trailer as I really didn't want to go in and he started to take off his jacket. He then grabbed mine, which shocked me. It's okay, the Hester can get real hot in here. He then grabbed the sweater that I was wearing, but also my shirt under and pulled up, forcing now all of my layers up. This pinned my arms up, blinding me and... I panicked and tried to struggle, but he held my shirt up. He said, I see your tummy. I then felt as if I knew my innocence was about to be gone this day. But the weirdest thing happened. He poked my belly button and swelled his finger in it, which at first didn't hurt, but he kept pushing harder and harder, pushing my back to the cold wall and just kept going. It was horrible and just having my belly button pushed in deeper and deeper like that, and it really hurt. I felt like I was about to be sick the amount of pressure that he was putting on it, but then suddenly he just stopped and released my shirt. As quickly as I could, I pulled my shirt and then sweated down, panicking as my heart was racing. He was laughing and patting the wall as if he had just heard the funniest joke. I felt sick, so I rushed out as fast as I could and coughed up just a few feet from his front door. Dan rushed out and tried to explain himself, but... I jumped away as fast as I could. Breathlessly, I just said, I'm, I can't, or something like that. Maybe I, I'm sorry, I can't, and I just begged as I fled the scene. I, I was thankfully able to run far enough to get to another neighborhood while I called one of my friends to pick me up after giving her the streets that I was on. And this whole situation felt like the entire day, but actually probably only lasted maybe like 20 minutes. I did speak to my brother about this and he in fact did send Dan to get me. I never told him about what happened and I fear my brother might take Dan's side if I did but all that matters is that in the end I was okay and able to escape something that 
definitely could have gone a whole lot worse. So I'm an adult now and this almost happened many years ago when I was around 11 to 13 I believe. This most likely happened in the year of 2013 if my memory serves me correct. My brother was the same age too because we're twins and my family was on a vacation at Galveston, Texas for a few days. This incident happened on the last day of our trip. We had fun at a pleasure pier which had plenty of rides and afterwards we went to the beach for a few hours. Our parents decided that they wanted to go back to the car early but we wanted to stay a little longer to collect seashells and swim and stuff like that. Once we got tired of the beach we walked up the steps which led to the sidewalk where the cars were parked. My parents parked their car nearby but it wasn't close enough to where they could see us walk up. Me and my brother knew exactly where to go though so... Right when we reached the top of the stairs, two adult men started talking to us, saying something along the lines of, hey, we're having a big party, would you guys like to come? They spoke vaguely about what the party would be like and that they had drinks there. They clearly tried to convince us to say yes though, and I instantly felt suspicious of them because they looked to be around their maybe mid-twenties or early thirties. Why would they ask us when... We were obviously kids and we just got back from the beach. I asked them when the party was and they told me that it was later tonight. However, they said that it would be cool if we wanted to hang out with them now instead. I assumed that they meant by going in their car with them for a ride or something. I thought that their car could possibly be nearby. I told them that we can't because our parents are waiting for us. Thankfully, that made them back off and they quickly just sort of ran away and... After that, we never saw them again. As soon as we got in the car, I wanted to tell my parents about what happened, and they thought it was weird too. I'm glad that I was with my brother in that moment too, because I don't know how he would have reacted or what these guys would have said if he wasn't. I don't remember him saying anything to them in that moment, but in a way, I feel like I protected him by speaking up and saying no as well. Now, I'm sure those guys watched us for some time, so they could make sure our parents weren't around before speaking to us. When we saw them, they faced towards the ocean, unlike other people who would just walk past us. I'm also curious if anyone else experienced a similar kind of, I don't know, I want to say trafficking tactic, or perhaps heard about something like this from someone else. So, before I tell my story, you guys probably need to know some key information that will be shown in about 20 seconds. So, I and my brother and girlfriend all play airsoft on the weekend, and I sleep naked. I was home alone as my mother was at her parents' house for the night, and so I was 14 at the time, and I was living in a weird and not-so-good neighborhood. But it wasn't too bad, I mean, it's not the type of people who would murder you or anything, but the type of people where you'd have to check everywhere locked twice to feel like you're safe. Luckily for me, when I came back from Airsoft with my brother and girlfriend, I locked the doors and window, but I forgot that I had burnt something in the oven earlier and I had to keep one of the kitchen windows open. I live only with my mum and my German Shepherd, who is an actual monster. But at around three in the morning, I heard my dog bark viciously near my kitchen window, and what I've known over the years is that if my dog is barking that viciously, I knew something was up. 
so I put on some underwear and I got my gun off the wall and walked into the kitchen and turned on the light to find that there was a man wearing black clothes and night vision goggles on and they were still on, blaring a green light glowing at the ceiling and he was half in and half out of my kitchen window, wiggling like a worm. It's a tough window to get into but the window was about eye level and I cocked the gun back ready to fire and said, get out of my house. He stared at me completely confounded considering that he'd just been caught by a 14 year old boy wearing just underwear and aiming a rifle towards him. He looked panicked though at the fact that the rifle was aimed straight at him and he quickly rolled out of my window and ran into the nearby woods. I called the police and reported the guy with every detail that I saw on the man. A week later, a girl went missing. She was home alone and there was no sign of forced entry. The man had been caught for some really vile stuff just two streets away. And in his police interrogation, he confessed about stalking children by watching their houses at night. He used night vision goggles with green lights on it. You can probably imagine my shock. I would just like to remind people too to keep your eyes on the lookout for people like this and always keep every door and window closed and locked. Not what I did. So me and my best friend or roommate have been living together about three years now. This is kind of important too because we're so familiar with each other at this point. We have a beautiful historic home in the city, but with the rent skyrocketing and four dogs to clean up after, spending 2k a month for a massive eight bedroom home is just simply not worth the cost anymore. So we decided to downsize and stop renting. But we're moving into a new house that is in need of a lot of TLC to make it livable. But it was a great deal and will save me hours of my time in cleaning and cost 3k less a month in bills for both of us. It's really such a good opportunity, but unfortunately, the house, while new and quite nice, has been through a rat infestation and was kind of a, a horde site. You see, the prior resident kept her stuff at the house, but had mostly abandoned it and hadn't even slept there in about maybe four years. She chain-smoked inside every day when she was there, and I don't know that it was ever cleaned or anything too, so we're definitely in the thick of it right now, getting it back into shape. Clearing furniture and tidying, repainting and power washing, outside of changing light fixtures and appliances, repairing flooring and stuff like that, we aren't doing a lot of major construction. Just sort of, I guess, sanitizing, I guess you could say, and redecorating, basically. We know the prior residents well, though, as we bought the house from his family, and it definitely seems like the house got how it was due to undiagnosed depression. Well, currently my roommate is visiting this long-distance boyfriend in Nola and I've been focusing on clearing out and repainting the sunroom and I'm almost exclusively there at night but a couple of nights ago I was doing that with the back sliding door open to the backyard and I heard my roommate's voice. Not any voice but his voice. I could identify it too in my sleep. I mean we're together so much. I couldn't tell what he said at all, but it was exactly his voice and sounded like a, a casual conversation, like he was talking to me from out of the yard, but I knew that he wasn't even in the state. Despite that, I really didn't feel scared or any bad vibes, I guess. I just sort of slid the door closed and kept working. Nothing else weird happened, and I moved on, but 
I kept thinking about it. Without bringing this up, I asked him if anything weird had happened to him in the house and he told me that years ago while staying there, he was sure that he saw a man in the backyard and called the police. We live in a high crime city, so that's really not that unusual, but he said the police found no evidence of anyone on the property and that sometimes when he stayed over there, he would hear weird sounds but nothing that really alarmed him. That's when I told him that I heard this voice in the backyard and now I guess we're just kind of curious. I literally feel no negativity, bad vibes or danger on that property, but maybe I, I feel like I should. My close friend recommended that I place railroad spikes at the four corners of the property and iron nails above the exterior doors that lead into the home. I don't know if I believe in that or even what it's supposed to do exactly, but if anyone else has any advice, similar experiences or ideas about what I should do about all this, I would love some additional input. Like I said, I definitely heard my roommate's voice, no doubt about it, and he wasn't even in the state. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.